take your Bible uh, and turn to Proverbs chapter 17. Uh, The book of Proverbs chapter 17. We're going to pray and then we will get into the message this evening. Proverbs chapter 17. We're going to look at verse 22 here in just a moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we're glad to have the privilege and the opportunity to be here tonight. And Lord, you know what we need for this hour. You know uh, the needs of each and every one. You know the hearts of each and every one. And I pray uh, that you give us what we need this evening. Help us from your word uh, through the power of your spirit. And we certainly are thankful, uh, Lord, that uh, you give us the opportunity to know you and that you take interest in us and Thank you for the opportunity to be saved and to uh, have the privilege to to serve you in some small fashion. And I pray that uh, our hearts and our minds would be focused upon you tonight. Help us as we look again in this matter of um, uh, from victim to victor in this matter of happiness. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll give us uh, what we need. Bless our time, we pray, and our prayer request time to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, last week uh, we looked at uh, the expense as we are considering this matter of moving from victim to victor. And you can remain a victim or you can realize the victory in Christ, but the truth of the matter is both of those things, and we know what the best choice is, it's always best to choose Christ, but whatever choice that you would make or that others would make, that choice comes with a cost. And on the victim side, uh, you'll find that uh, those that are on that side will continue to refuse the truth of God. And as a result, it will cost your peace, your joy, and your happiness. But on the victory side, you can invest now in patience and purpose and persistence And you can realize God's truth, you can remain close to Him, and you will receive happiness as a byproduct. And that's what we looked at last week. So tonight, I want us to consider part six of our study. The title is The Effect. The Effect. The Effect of Happiness Now When We Move From Victim to Victor. And again, many think, and I forgot it again tonight, I meant to... Excuse me. I meant to uh, uh, print that little thing out about secularism, and uh, for them, happiness is the ultimate goal, and uh, God is the ultimate question. And uh, and there's a couple other things in there, but many think that happiness is the prize. Many think that happiness is the goal. But what we're going to look at tonight is that happiness is really the platform that many other wonderful attributes rest upon and then grow from. So look with me, Proverbs 17, verse 22. The Bible says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Now, in this verse, Solomon is referencing the heart, the spirit. That's the object here, the center of our being. You would uh, maybe think of it as the control room of our life that manifests now the character of our living. 
this matter of our heart and our spirit. Uh, Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So again, we think of our heart now as the the center, the, the controlling part of our being. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Upon this object, our heart, there are two conditions that are given here in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22. There's one object. It's our heart, our spirit. But there are two conditions. It's either a merry heart or a broken spirit. Merry is glad or joyful. We would say happy. Broken is sad or afflicted. We would say unhappy. And so now we have one object and we have two conditions and these two conditions each have a specific action. Now I want you to see this. There's one object, there's two conditions, and out of each condition comes a specific action. And there's only one out of each one. A merry heart doeth good. That's a blessing. A broken spirit dryeth. That's a burden. And so we see now there's one object, there's two directions that you can go, there's two conditions, and there's an action that results out of those conditions. A happy heart satisfies. An unhappy heart shrivels up. And from here we see the two outcomes that the conditions and the actions produce. That you either have the one route... A merry heart doeth good, and here comes the action, medicine. And then we have a broken spirit dryeth, and we have misery. And so what we see, there are two paths, there are two now outcomes, medicine or misery. A happy heart is a good cure for the victor. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. An unhappy heart is a grievous curse for the victim. A broken spirit dryeth the bones. The effect for the victim is bitterness. It's a bad poison. The effect for the victor is betterness. It's good medicine. Now, we know what's at the end of the victim's bitter road. The dried bones of death. Now, none of us want that. And none of us ought want that. So tonight, let's look down now the better road of victory and see the effects of the good medicine of happiness. Remember, our purpose is not to pursue happiness, but to pursue God and His holiness, which as a result, when we pursue God and His holiness, we'll find that produces happiness. We must pursue God if we hope to truly possess happiness and then go on to realize there's some additional beneficial effects that happiness brings. 
And you say, well, what then? What additional benefits uh, should we then expect? You ever open a checking account and they give you a free toaster or something? Yeah, you know, you, 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 you invest in this now, you, you put your, you know, there's a cost, you gotta open this account, but it pays back a, a dividend, it gives you something in return, that's this matter of happiness. Happiness isn't the goal, it's the byproduct, but happiness also produces benefits. And so I want to give you some of them uh, this evening. What additional benefits we should expect now? What effect uh, does this matter of a merry heart doeth good like a medicine have in your life and in mine? So effect number one is plentiful assistance. Effect number one is plentiful assistance. Our verse, Proverbs 17, verse 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. See, happiness is not only a reward in itself, but it also works to reproduce itself. Think of it this way. True happiness pays thrilling dividends. A happy heart is good, but it also does good. A happy heart will help you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. A happy heart, a merry heart, doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart, happiness here, will help you to see yourself better. Now, I don't mean that it changes now the truth of who you are but allows you to see things clearly and see things right. So that means that you're seeing better. Uh, So I wear uh, eyeglasses. They help me to see better most of the time. Well, you say, yeah, you have to put them on to get the benefits, right? And then there are some days when even those glasses aren't helping and things are still blurry. If you get out here and you go up up the roadways and you'll get on this highway and it's called uh, Route 11. And if you uh, have uh, the eye difficulties that I have, if you don't wear the glasses when you're driving along and you see the sign, it looks like Route 1. That's what I see. I see a 1. I don't see because, you know, whatever astigmatism there and those letters just boop right on top of each other. And I put my glasses on. Guess what? I can see better. Now I know I'm on the right road. So happiness, it will help you see better yourself. It'll help you see others better. You know, how are we going to have compassion on folks if we don't see them in a right uh, vision or a right frame uh, now, bright perspective. Uh, so happiness will help you see yourself better. It'll help you see others better. It'll help you see the world better. Boy, wouldn't that be nice to see the world better. Yeah. You know, everybody goes around right now saying the world is falling apart. Well, you know what? When you ground yourself in the truth of the Word of God, you'll realize the world isn't falling apart. Everything is falling right into place. And so what? Oh, I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. God knows what's going on. He's already told me what's coming. I I can have peace. I can have happiness. We can see the world better. Hey, we can see the work of God better. Wait, we'll even be able to see the Lord Himself better. 
Happiness, just like good medicine, helps you get well and helps you stay well. So effect number one is plentiful assistance. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Effect number two is this. The, the second effect here from happiness is pleasant attitude. Pleasant attitude. Flip back with me to Proverbs chapter number 15. Talking before the service uh, with someone. I, I, won't, uh, I won't mention the name, but the initials are Sue Gillingham. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know anybody by those initials or not. Uh, but we were we were just talking, you know, just kind of joking around a little bit about, you know, different times of day and different, you know, attitudes. Some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. Some people are a little grumpy in the morning. Some people are a little grumpy in the evening. Some people are grumpy all the time. Uh, you know, it just, you know, we were just kind of kind of talking back and forth and, and just having a good time. Why? Because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But this matter of a pleasant attitude, look with me, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13. Proverbs 15 and verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Now, here's the thing about this pleasant attitude. Happiness won't necessarily remove your problems, but it will remodel your perspective. A merry heart does not make your circumstances cease, but keeps your heart at peace in the midst of those very same circumstances. Now, it says here in our verse, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. And that word countenance is the appearance of the face. So we say, a merry heart, make it. what does that do? It makes us smile. It, what's on the inside evidences itself on this billboard right here that we advertise to others. Now, it's not a matter of smiling because you have problems. You do that and you'll be labeled as a psycho. <laughs> you you know, whoo, I got problems, great. You know, just go around looking for problems and you're only happy if there's a problem. Well, that's a problem in and of itself. It's Now, it's a matter of being able to smile in spite of your problems. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Now, think with me. A happy heart's going to affect your face no matter the hurt that you face. You think about that. A happy heart will affect your face no matter the hurt that you face. God's people, you and I this evening have so much to be happy about because we have so much to look forward to. Yet many of us, and I won't mention any names or initials, but many of God's children, you know it as well as I know it, look like they're practicing to win a lemon-eating contest. (laughs) Everything just sour and all the time. Nothing that they can't find happiness in anything. Proverbs 15, 13 again. A merry heart, look, makes 
a cheerful countenance. Now, you and I at times were quick to blame bad attitudes on circumstances, on companions, on calamities, but the Bible clearly says bad attitudes come from a wrong heart condition. I don't like it and you don't like it, but that's what the Bible says. So whether we want to accept it or not, it's the truth. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. So there's plentiful assistance. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. There's a pleasant attitude. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. And then number three tonight, this third effect, a perpetual anticipation. A perpetual anticipation. Look right there at Proverbs chapter 15 with me again. Proverbs 15 and verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. I'm going to read that again. Just because it, it, you know, we got to read it a couple times to really think about this. All the days of the afflicted are evil. The, you know, these people, the sky is falling, nothing will ever be good again. The sun will never shine again. It'll never be warm again. It's Ohio, the worst place you could ever live in the world. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Happiness affects our outlook on life. You understand tonight that we can have happy hearts and enjoy the life that God has blessed us with, anticipating good things ahead, or we can have unhappy hearts that hate everything about this life and hate everyone in this life and only anticipate hurt. It'll never get any better. It'll always be miserable. It's always going to be this. And that, no, no, no merry heart there. And again, and we'll, we'll see it in a moment, but certainly God has blessed us far more, uh, not only than we deserve, but than we would ever even imagine. And I'm convinced that there are many blessings of the Lord that we're just absolutely not mindful of, but someday we'll understand. Hey, you see, well, well, you give me an example of that. Well, you know when you go out there and uh, your car won't start and you're like, well, now I'm going to be late. Great. And you don't know that because now you were late, what it now delayed you from being right in the middle of along the way. We don't know. You say, oh, preacher, you can't think that way. God's in control of every little thing that comes in your life. And if it's there, it's there for a reason. It's to help you. It's to help you learn. It's to help you grow. It's to help you stay safe. You can have an unhappy heart and you can hate everything. I know some folks like that. Boy, they're fun to be around. Now, now I get it. We, we have things in our life, you know, problems and, and distresses. And I, I'm not saying to go around and fake a smile on your face every minute of every day because the same Solomon who wrote this 
you know, also ended up writing some other things. If you look like in Ecclesiastes, he had some sorrowful times in his life. He said, for everything there is a season. So this idea, again, don't be, you know, some wacko that walks around with the big grin all the time. You know, you come up, there's a car accident on the road, you get out, I'm so happy I'm here. Now there's a time and a place. You you know you know how that that goes. I mean, but people are going to look at you funny. But it says all the days of the afflicted are evil. They they don't. There's never a break. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. It's just it's there. There's a uh, now a banquet of blessings. Uh, to be mindful of. Again, it's a matter of who or what we pursue and whose perspective we choose to possess. Now, I want to illustrate this for you tonight. And I hope that you don't just fall out of the message and I never get you back for the end. Let me illustrate it this way, in this matter of a perpetual anticipation. Rub your top lip with a dead fish Let me finish. Rub your top lip with a dead fish and everything you are around will stink to you. I just used to be, uh, this has been a long time ago, somebody would come up and they say, hmm, something smells. And I would say, it's your top lip. <laughs> That's the first thing you smell is your top lip. It's right there, you know, under your nose. When you think about it now, you you could rub your lip with that, that nastiness, and everything around you will all of a sudden take on that attribute. It'll smell nasty. Or you could uh, now put onto your lips something that is very pleasant to you, you know, like rub a donut on your lip. I I don't know, some chocolate or or some roses or something. And and it's going to affect now the way everything else smells. Now, Now think with me. Many spend so much time rubbing their noses in the dreadfulness of this world that even the Word of God seems to them disgusting instead of delightful. Why? It's a matter of perspective. Psalm 23 and verse 6. Are you here and saved tonight? Psalm 23 and verse 6. Surely... That, that's, that's a promise. That means without question, here's the truth. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Can I remind you tonight, God is good. God is merciful. God is faithful. God is trustworthy. Rub that under your nose continually feast on that. Believe it. Be happy about it. And let that happiness be your perpetual anticipation. Hey, yes, there are some pains and problems in this world in which we live. Yes, the uh, world economy is about to collapse. Yes, they're planning another variant of some virus that now is going to come out. And Here we go. Round number two. Yes, there's war. They say, "Mm, we could possibly be in World War three by next month you realize that's two weeks away 
They're already talking about it. They're already planning for it. You would understand tonight the World Economic Forum, you know, all those big rich people that meet together every year and decide what uh, you and I are going to have to suffer. They're meeting right now this week. But God's still in control. God's still in charge. Everything's going to go according to God's timeline. Yes, we have problems all around us, it seems, but God knows what He's doing. I can trust Him every step of the way. I don't have to worry about it. Now, I mean, I can read about it and I can be knowledgeable about it. I can prepare for the, you know, things that are coming, but the best thing to prepare for is the coming again of Jesus Christ. He's coming. And no matter how bad this world gets one of these days and one day soon, I'll lay eyes on my Savior and I'll see Him face to face. And what a day that'll be! Feast on that! Rub that under your nose! Hey, you got a problem in this life? Jesus is coming again! Hey! We can move from victim to victor if we'll just pursue God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 118, verse 20. It's all right if I get excited. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because Jesus still saves and God's still on the throne. And He hasn't lost any power. He hasn't lost a step. He's still right on time. No matter what happens. Hey, stop looking at the problems. Stop rubbing your face in the problems and start rubbing your face in the lovely truth of the Word of God. See, you can choose to have an unhappy heart and live miserably only anticipating the worst. Did I say I know people like that? Man, they're just a bundle of joy. What is this? This is... There is an itsy-bitsy spider on my paper here. I'll send you to glory ahead of time. You can, you can choose. Now, it's your choice. You're going to be miserable or you're not. You're going to be happy or you're not. You say, no, you, you don't understand. No, 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 no. Circumstances don't define who you are. God now gives us the definition of who we are. Hey, I'm a child of the King. I have an inheritance reserved for me. I have a home waiting for me in glory. I have a new name that's written down. I'm saved to the uttermost and I'll never spend a moment in hell even though that's the place I deserve because of my sin. But thanks be to God for His wonderful gift. His unspeakable gift. You can choose to have an unhappy heart. You can choose to anticipate the worst. Now, my dad was one kind of like that. Everything for him, if he, you know, if he had some news coming from the doctor or if he took his car to the shop and had to have it fixed, everything was always the worst. Well, the light bulb, the turn signal light bulb was out on the car, so I'll take it into the shop and have it fixed. And he said, well, I know it's going to be about two or three thousand dollars. They're going to have to replace the engine. I just know it. I just know it. They're going to have to put a whole new engine in that thing. 
You know, and you go and have a test at the doctor. Well, I just know that uh, they're going to come back and I'm going to have cancer from the sole of my feet to the top of my head. And and he's going to tell me I have like two days to live. I, I just know it. But here was his purpose. Some of you may be like this. Then when the car repair bill came in and it was only like $50, he'd be like, whoa, isn't that great? See, he prepared himself for the worst. That's that's what he thought. When the doctor came back and said, no, just cut a little salt out of your diet and change this medicine. Woo, I get to live, you know, two more days. And uh, that was just the way he was, you know. He just always braced himself for the worst. The effects of happiness. Plentiful assistance. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Pleasant attitude. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. You know, it's an interesting thing as, we, as we're preaching tonight and we start talking about the truths and the promises and the upcoming things of the Lord. It's amazing how many more people started to smile. Why? Because it affects the heart and out it comes on the face. Plentiful assistance, a pleasant attitude, perpetual anticipation, a merry heart hath a continual feast. And number four tonight is this. Patient abiding. Patient abiding. Proverbs chapter 18, if you want to turn a couple of pages, we'll look at a verse here. Proverbs chapter number 18. (coughs) Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. Proverbs 18, verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? I tell you tonight, a happy heart will carry you in the tough times, but an unhappy heart will wreck you and wipe you out. See, the person with an unhappy heart will push and pressure everyone and everything around them to change but they'll remain unhappy because it's their own heart that needs to change. Now think with me tonight. All the help that I could ever give to you, all the things that I could ever do for you, all the ways that other people and circumstances can change around you will not keep you happy. It won't says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. A merry heart hath a continual feast. And then in our verse here, Proverbs eighteen fourteen, the spirit, that merry heart of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? Now, and I, I, know, I know the audience uh, that, that we have tonight. I, I know the group of people. Uh, that I'm here with. I, I know that there are some uh, different uh, illnesses, different ailments and things like that. And uh, some of you, you won't maybe have to imagine, but some of you will. Imagine now, just for a moment, imagine that you have a serious illness. I mean, a really serious illness. Now, I want you to understand, you can consult a doctor for information. And you can be prescribed medicine to treat that illness. 
but you must regularly take that medicine according to the right schedule or that problem will never go away. See, to refuse the medicine or to abuse the medicine is not going to help and you'll go on hurting. But hang on a moment. See, because we know that. But now think with me for a minute. You can accuse the doctor of malpractice. You know, gives you some news you don't like. You can accuse the doctor of malpractice. You can assess the results given as misinformation. You can even demand that the medical journals be rewritten to say that you are normal and healthy. You can refuse to fill your prescription. You can refuse to take the medicine. You can ask somebody else to take your medicine for you. Those are foolish choices. Because those won't sustain you. See, if you choose any of those, you'll still have the problem and you'll still experience additional hurt in the future. You must take the medicine yourself to get the benefit. Nothing else is going to help. You must take the medicine yourself. When we pursue God, One of the benefits is He gives us now this merry heart, this happiness. And a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Telling yourself you'll just live with the problem doesn't help you. It doesn't heal the problem. You realize you could talk to your doctor about the same problem each and every day and it will not help you if you won't listen to what he says. Medicine that's still at the pharmacy doesn't help you. Medicine that's still in the bottle doesn't help you. Medicine that's in others but not in you doesn't help you. You have to get that medicine in you. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. See, happy victory is not found by pursuing happiness. Again, it's found by pursuing God. Happy victory is the result of obedience to Bible principle. And happy victory has effective rewards. You say, what are they? I gave them to you. Plentiful assistance. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Pleasant attitude. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Perpetual anticipation, a merry heart hath a continual feast. Patient abiding, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Now listen to this and we're done tonight. When you and when I have a happy heart, that's a heart that's right with God. You will have a pleasant attitude because of His plentiful assistance perpetually anticipating His blessings, patiently abiding in His presence, pressing ahead with the right endurance. And that's the effect of happiness as you, as I, move from victim to victor. Let's pray this evening.